Greetings, flesh creatures. It is I, Megatron. On behalf of TFYLP, I want to congratulate you for listening to the most refined collective podcast on this miserable little planet Earth. Yes. Here you'll find knowledgeable fans discussing every aspect of Transformers and beyond. Now, enjoy the show while I continue my path to complete conquest of all of you miserable biological entities. Predacons, terrorize! Transformers, defenders of truth, robots who fight. How many rounds are we doing? Uh, hi, welcome to TFYLP, episode 514. We're live tonight, uh, what is it, uh, Wednesday, the 25th of January. I'm Lucas. I'm joined tonight by a clean-shaven Rick. Greetings! It's been a while since I've been on Tifla, uh, you know, with the holidays and everything, and then uh, I got hit by covid I uh, I heard your feedback. I'm back on the show, everyone. Relax. There, there you go. And we, we also got Phil. Hey, what? Hi. What's going on? Right. I'm from. <laughs> and Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Paul. Hi. And Rob. So, uh, so, so there you go. It's tonight. No, the point to be here. This is great. Okay. I'm here. There you go. We're all glad to be here. I just thought I meant. I thought I was just meant. I I thought you wish oh. you had those concert tickets. Well, I mean, I would have. Yeah, I would have skipped the yeah. show if I had. Yeah. If that had happened. What what concert? <sighs> the old FOB. Playing in their hometown, sort of. I mean, they're from the suburbs, not from My, Chicago. Miley Cyrus? No, not them. T-Swift? She's, she's notoriously from Chicago, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess, since you brought it up, Phil, I might as well tell you. I, one, at one point, played with them. I was in a band at one point. We played with them, and they opened for us. We we paid Fallout Boy to come do the show, and then they spent spent the night at my house, and my parents made a pancakes in the morning, and gawked over their tattoos and stuff, and so that always connected me with them a little bit, and they recognized me after that because it was they, they were it was their first record. Uh, always liked the band; they're great, a lot of fun. And oh, this is I've, I've told this story before. I think on the show. They had a transformer connection because they were into it, and on their initial riders, they you know, riders are what the artists give the venue. Like I want the M and M separated into stupid. You know, that's the the joke. Their take on that is they would put mitten sealed box generation one transformers on their rider. Like that's what we want to play tonight. That is an addition, an addendum to our contract to play. Of course, it was always struck from the record, but like. That was their goofy thing. And then I showed the lead singer my collection. He was like, 
instantly not interested. He's like, yeah, 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 it was just kind of a joke. Like, you're clearly way too into this. <laughs> <laughs> Very politely, you know, but I could tell, like, it wasn't. He was you're like, like yeah. You're like, oh, you're into Transformers too? And he's like, no, no, not really. He's like, not like, not like you, bro. And this was a long time ago. This is like 2000, it's like during college. So, like, I didn't even really, I just had all my old stuff, all my actual G1s. Fun, fun connected story. Connective tissue. There you go. So tonight, uh, I think this is Phil's topic, right? Phil, what, what's the topic for tonight? Um, it was, uh, you know, we got the reveal of, of Cheetor. So so the, the Cheetor Studio Series figure got revealed and dropped in the same day. So almost something that beat the leaks. And so my thought was, all right, what are some other figures that or toys that we'd want to see characters get a uh, movie treatment, movie style? You know, who are some, some you know, whether it's, you know, I mean, it's kind of, you know, I think we can kind of look at it like the, you know, we can go backwards too. I mean, Legacy is doing this sort of um, G1ification of a bunch of Transformers. So, you know, who would look good G one ified from a movie design? Who do we want to see from uh, G one or animated in, in a movie style? And just kind of go back and forth along that. Mm. We don't have to do any rounds; just kind of open discussion. You know, I've I've mentioned this before on the show, but uh, we did a bunch of control art of um, post G one characters using G one toys so we would reissue the g1 toy but modify it retool it to be a post character a post g1 character so uh marcelo matere did the art and the two that stick out in my head is um using the g1 cheryl breaker body uh that was retooled into um bulkhead so one of the fists was the big ball he had the new head, uh, and the hand was the claw. And then the other one that, that stuck with me that I'm like, man, that looks really good, was uh, G1 Sideswipe uh, retooled to be um, Lockdown. And uh, no, like, nobody... Like movie Lockdown? No, 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 this was before the movie. Before, okay. Yeah, yeah, this, is, this was before movie. Um, so, you know, we were like, all right, well, what if these characters came out during G1? What would they look like? And, uh, that's what we were, uh, messing around with and, uh, never, never came to fruition, unfortunately. That's really a shame because there's, the door's wide open for that stuff still, you know, like the, the closest we ever got, there was like a period of time around Dark of the Moon where we sort of got some of that stuff, but it was pretty weak. From like Japan, you know, there was the the skids and screech. It was supposed to be mudflap and skids and right. like weird. Co- All they did was redeco the stuff. They didn't do anything notable. Yeah, we got the ratchet and ironhide and the green and the black. Um, trying to remember what the other ones were, but those those were the two that stuck out the most. Like, wow, that's really cool. There was also, and this was even before that. Um, this was years before that during the Armada time taking a G1 toy and and adding Minicon ports to it so there was um, 
uh, Prowl or Smokescreen, whichever, you know, car brother you want to pick, uh, with Minicom ports added on the doors and on the hood. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, was not meant to be. Yeah, I mean, so, I think, you know, we got some of that stuff for going G1 in movie style and like the Hunt for Decepticons line. You know, so we got, uh, you know, Sea Spray is one of my favorites from that. Uh, you know, we got Mind Wipe uh, from there, um, you know, who was redecoed a few times on the straight. So we, we, we've gotten, you know, some of these kinds of like crossover designs. And then you kind of had like the, the crossovers of, um, you know, then you had the crossovers where it was some of the newer characters in the movie style, certainly Lockdown being in the movie. And then, you know, we had the Lugnut toy uh, in the Hunt for Decepticon line. So he had that uh, movie styling there. So I don't know. I just think it's uh, people are people are acting, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Passionately is the right word, but it's interesting to see the Beast Wars fandom seeing the uh, their beloved characters getting the movie treatment. There was a funny thing somebody posted online, and I, I don't know who it was, but it's like they posted a picture in 2007. Optimus Prime. G1 friends freaking out. That's not Optimus Prime. 2022. Cheetor. Everyone. That's Cheetor. Like, you know, it's very different now than it was back in 2007. And 2007 had this movie come out. Cheetor, Air Rays, or Primal. None of these guys would look the way they look. Optimus Prime will be like a two-headed thing with like three dicks. And look at what Optimus looks like in this movie. He's almost like the spitting G1 image exactly. of the spitting G1 toy. Exactly. Yeah, so it certainly seems like the designers have realized that or to the designs that people know. Um, you know, different director, different change view. You know, well, yeah, director and, and, and probably production team has a lot to do with it as well. Well, and we're we're in a post Endgame world where like they yeah, it's been proven what you're supposed to do with the member berries. You're not supposed to squash them. You're no. Supposed to keep them intact. Yeah, yeah, and and even more so now, Marvel has pretty much put every Marvel character in their original comic book accurate costume in phase four so um yeah member berries are good they taste good they feel good Go. well i mean it just makes sense too it's like if you have this ip and these iconic characters that you're you know trying to sell more toys of like why would you completely change the design of that you know the, the only thing that really is bothering me about this this whole Rise of the Beast toy line is the same problem we ran into with the first three films. How many times can you sell the
what in the world? Diddy. Hey guys, uh, sorry the I, I don't know what happened. My the Skype crashed here. So, Rick, if you can rewind to what you were saying before, you said how many times can you, and then it cut out. Yeah, Lucas, you're frozen for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but those new kids. Hold on, they're saying that they can't crap. For some reason, the Skype like sound is weird. Hold on. They Can can't you try crap? talking now? See if this works. They're saying they can't crap. Um, constipated. So, so that's it. Yeah, I'm not. So, you know. <laughs> oh, this I'm is not... fantastic. So, so now, like, since everyone came up, so I think it's working now, Rick, but all the stuff that you said, I heard it, but we apparently all the uh, people did not hear it, so. Well, <laughs> you know, it's one of those, you had to be there moments. There, there you go. You had, you had to be there, you I'll, know. I'll re-paraphrase it for you if you want. Sure. Rick's saying that. We're we're in this we're in a kind of a rut in Transformer brand. They're going back to selling Bumblebee. They're they're using him as a keystone thing, and it's nothing new. No, that's not at all what I said. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you should. Whoa! I can't express all the different levels of stupidity you're existing. You're you're firing on right now. Um, No, the point is, you can't keep selling us the same shit over. I mean, they can they have and we buy it but what does that do for the identity of brand how many times are you going to feed us a yellow camaro you know it's... it apparently makes us makes them a lot of money that's what it does to the brand because that's what they keep doing so i mean power rangers have been selling you know red you know guys in red spandex for for decades ninja turtles have been selling you know four anthropomorphic turtles with no genitalia for, you know, three decades. So, you know, it's a, it's a formula that works. And I thought Mirage, who I thought honestly was jazz when I saw the trailer, I thought he was like the main character or whatever. in this one, the one that takes around the human. 
Are they pushing Bumblebee hard in it too? I only watched the trailer once and. Well, he's Studio uh, Series 100. Really they, they, they broke the, the numbering sequence to put the, him as a deluxe. Um, we, she, he comes out with Airazor, but the numbering, they just like bumped him so he's number 100. I mean, that's not a major thing, but I mean, it's kind of like ceremonious yeah. to an extent. I mean, Rob, I think you're right from what I've read of, of the, the basic story is that, yeah, Mirage is supposed to be kind of your main point of contact Transformer. We'll, we'll see. This this could be another one of those movies, Transformers movies, that suffers from having way too many characters. So even if he's the main one, he still might only be in it, you know, a tenth of the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, from the trailer, it's hard. To, for me, it's hard to tell who... Who is the main character? Uh, yeah. it's, I mean, obviously, Optimus Prime is going to be the main character. He's been seen on all the sets, right? But who besides Optimus is, you know, the main, you know, point of entry, I guess? Is it going to be Mirage? Is it going to be Bumblebee? Uh, I mean, we just had a movie called Bumblebee. So to me, it would be odd that he's not the point of contact. But at the same time, you don't want to retell that 2007 movie. Where Bumblebee is the is the car that helps the kid on his journey to discovery and losing his virginity. I mean, let's let's be real. That's what happened. That's what Bumblebee did. He's a wingman. Who's well, I mean, it seems like from the trailers, the Mirage is going to be kind of a wingman, right? So, I guess we'll see. Just throw every everything together. So, the the one thing uh, about some of the beast characters, though, that's a little bit interesting, is it seems like all of them are very muted. Like all the designs are, you know, brat. Like I know Rhonda kind of brought that up earlier. It's like brown or just you know whatever it may be and i wonder like why did they decide to do that instead of making them more colorful it's it's funny you say that because i showed it to uh i showed the images that came out from the zoo to uh steve trucker who is um uh he worked on beast wars and you know he's another guy that got retired from hasbro so i i text him the pictures and he texts them he texts me right back he's like they're all the same color this is rise of cobra all over again where if you were a gi joe fan uh and you go see rise of cobra you go to the toy store every character is is dressed in black every single character is dressed in black right so how do you tell which guy is which oh how do you know when all the toys look the same you know how do you how do you sell that? I guess it's, I mean, it's a little, is, it's a little different, different because than, you know, you know one's a rhino, than, one's a bird, yeah. one's a cheetah. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I think what's interesting to your point about that is we've already seen for you know the, number one, I'd say the cars look a little bit brighter. So, you know, obviously Optimus Prime and Bumblebee are, are a lot more primary colors. Um, 
you know, RC and, and Mirage are going to be a little bit brighter color scheme. So I think there's maybe a differentiation there. Um, but we've also seen for Air Razor and Cheetor, they're each getting two different toys. And the the non-Studio Series Air Razor has a little bit more bright orange in her color scheme. Um, and I forget what the, if the, the other non-Studio Series Cheetor, if he's got a little bit more yellow going on with him. But uh, yeah, it is it is very peculiar. Yellow. Yeah, it is peculiar how uh, how they're getting seemingly two toys released at the same time. Uh, two two toys that are basically yeah. Uh, let, let's say like you know generic delu- you know, the deluxes, right? Yeah. As opposed to like oh, this is the bumper battler. This is the gravity bot. This is the you know, fast action battle. Yeah. yeah, no, fair point. Yeah, and, and not just two different toys, but two starkly different designs. Well, uh, you know, one of them is going to be based off concept art because the first, usually the first set of toys are always based off that concept art. I had a uh, you know, a buddy yesterday who was pissed off that Cheetor doesn't have the cheetah head, doesn't have the swords on his shoulders. Um, you know, colors aren't quite right. He said, I mean, you know, to me, he looks almost more akin to Beast Machines Cheetor than he does Beast Wars Cheetor. Um, the chest and the head especially remind me more of Beast Machines Cheetor. And I mean, quite frankly, I think that's the way to go. That's the that's the version everyone remembers and is fond of is Beast Machines Cheetor. Um, so, uh, he's, he's too bulky though, to be beast machines, short. if he's, if he's really beast machines, cheater, he needs, needs to look more anemic and emaciated. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't mind it, but I'm not a giant beast wars guy. So I'm not sitting here, you know, crying over, you know, they, they did my, they did my guys dirty kind of thing. I feel like that cheetah mode looks the spitting image of Leo breaker from Cybertron. That, that mold they, they reused a few times to make, like, Leo Prime and... Oh, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the head, you know, it looks like the lion mane that they did. I kind of can see that. And, and the brown colors are, are similar. So, so yeah, I, I see what you're talking about there. Yeah, he made that, like, big giant arm for to go on Cybertron Prime. Yeah. Hmm. It's just a, just the silhouette. Is all I'm yeah. Saying. Like it's not. As someone uh, that doesn't no, we care do much. We want a supreme class Cheetor, right? Just, just for Don. I mean, you know that that toy was. I don't know. I was excited when it came out. I was excited when it got announced, and then I saw it in person. It was like, no, I'm not excited anymore. <laughs> So, um, trying to understand the topic again. Yeah, I mean, we we've gone tangential on the topic, but again, the idea being, you know, who are some other Transformers that we'd like to see in movie design? So, someone in the chat, and I apologize, is a little bit uh, back. Uh, I'd have to scroll up. Uh, said Ultra Magnus, and and yeah, I think that'd be a cool one. That'd be a cool character to see get a movie. Uh, you know, a, a Bayformer um, sort of style, especially the newer. Um, 
you know, Bumble being on sort of style upgrade. Well, there's, yeah, there's two styles now. There's there's the Bayformers, and then there's the Bumble Bumblebee Post. Yeah, where they're they're more G one esque. Well, I think yeah. the real question, and I think Paul will agree with me here, is which movie franchise do you want it to be a part of? The original five movies or the reboot from with the Bumblebee movie? You know, so which one? Which you know gets to your point. Right, right, exactly. I will forfeit that there is a stylistic separation. <laughs> but, as we have recently seen, RC has her wheel legs. You know, maybe she's going to get... You know, it's, a, it's an evolution to what she looks like in Revenge of the Fallen. Because she's like all wheel legs then. Is someone just going to rip off her face? Because, I mean, that's kind of how the, the you know, Revenge of the Fallen toy, toy looked like. Oh, man. these The continuity in these films is just... Every film completely negates the film that came before it. Absolutely. We need the Allspark. The Allspark kills Megatron. We need the Allspark to bring Megatron back to life. You, you are 100% correct, Rick, but I did discover something recently that kind of blew my mind because I don't watch Revenge of the Fallen very often, but there's this part where, where Sam, you know, is going crazy from Allspark Power and, like, talking in front of this, the class, and someone's, like, pointed this out on TikTok or something, but he actually explains the, this plot of the next film. He talks about Sentinel Prime and the and the, the space bridge rods and all this stuff, and it actually tracks. So it's like, I don't know if it's an it was probably an accident, but he literally calls out like the the like voyage of Sentinel Prime and the and the space bridge rod. He doesn't say exactly space bridge rods, but it like all connects. And there is also that really small Easter egg during the Devastator scene where like a piece of paper. When he's sucking up the sand, it has Shockwave, a picture of Shockwave from the next movie. I don't know how they, you know, they had some. Well, it's, it was, it's G1 Shockwave. Is it? Yeah, it's G1 Shockwave. Oh. Well, it does talk about Russia, like on the on the thing. So it's like there's this really small connective tissue that is almost too too much of an Easter egg to, to not kind of like make me go, holy cow, that's amazing. But did this. They had the same writers for them both, right? Yeah, Aaron Kruger. Like, if they had the same writers, you know, that means they were there writing his rambling thing. So, like, what I've often, but often like, if, if you listen to Easter eggs, are, are not the writers; it's mm-hmm. the production guys. Well, I was going to say, like, if you, if you, if you'd like, you know, listen to interviews with various authors and stuff. A lot, you know, with TV and books and whatever, they often, you know, put in little things through that they don't know what they're if they're going to use them in the future or if it's going to go anywhere or not. And so, you know, I could definitely see them like thinking, oh, this would be a fun plot, have him ramble it. And they're like, hey, let's do another movie and it can be nonsense again. And they're like, OK, hey, I'm going to kind of branch off that idea I kind of dropped in there this time. You know, it wasn't like a hard concrete plan or anything, but but also who the hell knows. But it was the it was the core like thread of a the lot next of movie it. like it's it's almost yeah. it's just interesting i'm not saying it means one thing or the other it's just like i had never noticed that and i was kind of like 
huh, I like that. That's that's cool. I wish, I wish it was actually connected in a way that that was a constant in this franchise. But it's not because Optimus Prime helped Harriet Tubman free the slaves. So that's right. Bumblebee fought the Nazis. I, I think it's it's interesting too, Paul, because because when you have other movie franchises, specifically like stuff like Star Wars and the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you will have people pour over. And, and people of our level of nerddom and fandom will know every single Easter egg and how all these things tie together. And here we are, you're like, hey, I discovered this thing from this movie that came out 12, 13 years ago. Uh, and none of us necessarily knew it was in there. Realized. I mean, I, I apologize if you didn't know. I don't mean to speak for you. But I think we're all just kind of like, oh, cool. Didn't, didn't realize that was there. So, yeah, just uh, it, it shows the differentiation between our our fiction that our fandom gets versus the fiction well, that I, our fandoms get. I don't think you say our fiction because, like, we talk about the uh, animated movie from the 80s. It's a much different story. Well, it, You know, it's like, well, I can list you all 483 animation errors to the second. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it, it goes hardcore the other way. And, you know, some people are like, oh, yeah, too bad Wind Charger died. And they're like, when did that happen? And you're like, yeah. in those two frames, idiot. Like, yeah. oh, Sludge wasn't in the movie. Like, yeah, he was. When? For, in those two frames, idiot. You know, frame 2067. Snarl. Or Snarl, see? Yeah. God. Fucking casual. Sorry, bro. They're both in it. That's that's my point. Yeah. Everyone's there, eventually. So if... Going back to the actual topic, now that, you know, we're 30 minutes into it. Um, if you had Ultra Magnus... minutes in, right? <laughs> Just under the wire. I think the question is like if if people are gonna, you know, pitch out characters and stuff, like what would they look like? Like what would be what would be different or what would be different about them? How would they be adapted to it? Like if you have Ultra Magnus in, would he be, you know, armor prime? Would he just be armor for prime? You know, would he be somebody that dies and then prime wears for five minutes and then shrugs off and no longer cares that he was wearing his friend's corpse again? You know, well, where would it go? What would it be? I think it. Uh, I think with Ultra Magnus, the obvious answer is he would be a truck. Because, yeah, yeah, Phil, he'd be a truck. Because you know, Optimus is a truck, and Megatron is a truck, and Scourge is a truck. And Galvatron's uh, a truck. Galvatron's a truck. Completely forgot about him. And since, he's a truck, since he's a truck, they would give him the personality personality of a trucker, and he'd have a hat. That's right. Built into his head. That's that's absolutely correct. That's absolutely correct. Um, I could see them doing. Uh, he no, he would look like a trucker, act like a trucker, have a cowboy hat, but he'd have an Australian accent. Good day, mate. No lot lizards. That's right. That's right. That would be the name of his minicon, Lot Lizard. So, I don't know, Rick, I think my, it would my be cool question... to see with uh, Ultra Magnus is, is do like a Menasaur type of thing for him where he's a car carrier and he's got cars in in his carrier kind of thing and, and those become part of his armor. Sure. Yeah, just turn him into Menasaur. Fans love that. Right. Sign off. Right. Absolutely. You know what? While we're at it, let's just change his name to Bone Crusher. 
<laughs> no, no, no. But in the text, we see his name is Devastator. That's right. <laughs> That's right. In Cybertronian, it spells Devastator, but when it's translated to English, it says Bone Crusher. So, so yep. Rick, my, my question is, is, you know, in the movies, like, how did they decide on what characters to use or, like, what names to give those random characters, especially before the Bumblebee movie? So, it's different for, for each film. Um, for... Uh, uh, For the first movie, Aaron and the team went out to Hollywood and they pitched it to Spielberg. They they basically pitched like, you know, 12, 15 characters. And they did a board for each character. This is Hound. He's got a special power. This is Mirage. This is his special power. This is Jazz. This is this is what Jazz does. This is his characteristics. And then kind of directing them, say, all right, so the most important ones, you know, Ironhide, Ratchet, Jazz... Bumblebee, you know, those are the most important guys you should have. And then here's other guys, too, if you want to incorporate them as well. Um, from there, it became um, the studio kind of leading the charge. Uh, except for, like, here's, you know, here's Devastator and here's Jetfire. And that was the two big Hasbro pushes. And then for the third one, it was Sentinel Prime was, was the big push from Hasbro. Um, and Shockwave. Like, we got to have Shockwave in it. You know, this is, he's got the one eye, he's got an arm cannon. This, that's what Shockwave is. Um, and then for Age of Ex it was back to the drawing board because we were gonna have a whole new cast. So we got to pitch. All right, these these are the characters. So we pitched Hound as we we created a board that was uh, used the GI Joe. I think it was the All Striker, and that was that was Hound. So we saw him as a military jeep, dune buggy type vehicle. No clue how he ended up being that. No clue how he ended up being Bulkhead. But he basically turned into old Bulkhead. Old man Bulk. Uh, Cross, was it? Sure, who's the Corvette? Crosshairs. Crosshairs. We pitched that as smokescreen. And um, he was more of a boxer type of a character. Like, uh, for some, I don't know why, but Aaron's like, yeah, his hands can can transform and get really big, like boxing gloves. And then he's got smokescreen power. I have no idea where that came from. And then the other guy that we pitched was uh, Drift. No clue where the triple changer thing came from. Drift was always, like, straight out of IDW. Uh, no clue where the samurai thing came. We always pitched Ninja. And then we pitched Lockdown, and Lockdown was uh, Mad Max. We just Mad Max art out the ass. And he ended up being Michael Bay's personal car. So that's how, that's how that happened. 
I mean, lockdown was one of the first designs where I'm like, they finally did it right. Like, finally got like tra- a transformer in live action. Are you serious? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was. I a thought really that cool was design. absolutely terrible. No? Because the lockdown we had was very much the animated lockdown, where he was piecing himself together with other like the original script. Uh, he kills Ratchet and takes Ratchet's saw blade and puts it on his arm. And then that's what Optimus uses at the end of the movie to kill him, is Ratchet Sawblade. But it was very much like Mad Max, and he was the leader of the Lords of Deception. And they lived out in the woods, uh, not in the woods, out in the desert, in a cave. And they were all struggling to survive, and they were all, it was all very, like, they were dirty and beat up. And it was the last, like, the last surviving Decepticons from Chicago. I mean, I, it seems like from what we've seen of a couple of the Terracon designs, Scourge and Battle Trap, like they've kind of gone that route a little bit with those two. Uh, Nightbird is cleaner and sleeker, but Battle Trap and Scourge certainly, you know, have a lot of Mad Max uh, similarities there. Well, they're Terracons, Phil. Terracons, I'm sorry. What Even though... Say? Even though Battletrap has a Decepticon logo on the toy. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I mean, at this point, I don't get excited for the films. Because the story is so important to me. But I get excited for the way the toys look. And the way the characters look. Like, Like, I'm really excited to see the Beast Wars guys. Well, I mean, I'm curious, too, to see, like, they haven't uh, shown off any of the, I'm trying to think, like, like what Decepticons have they shown so far? Scourge, Battletrap, and uh, Nightbird. Okay. Those are Terracons. What what bad guys have they shown off? Oh, I don't think Decepticons are supposed to be in the film. I think it's the Maximals. Are they not any Decepticons? The Maximals, the Terracons, and the Autobots. Okay. And I've heard that they're still supposed to be Predacons. I don't know. And Predacons and yeah, Unicron. Are there Predacons? Because they haven't they haven't shown any of those off, right? I've heard mixed on that. The secret, maybe. Literally, they yeah. don't need another. Fa- they don't. They already have three factions, three hundred characters, and two humans. I mean, like. But what movie... if they had four factions? <laughs> right. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> I, I mean, talking about characters people would expect to see, I do think it's odd that we have a Rise of the Beast movie that isn't going to show Predacons. <laughs> like, right? who needs those? Just, just looking at, like, the designs and the, the overall thing about the story, like, I think a better title would have just been Beast Machines. Transformers Beast Machines. Reappropriate the, uh, that title just like hey, we're calling this Avengers movie Age of Ultron. has nothing to do with the Age of Ultron comic book. <laughs> it's just a cool name. It, it was Weekend look. of Ultron. Right, <laughs> Weekend of Ultrons. Right. That was the original one. I, I like that, Rick. That's a, that's a good idea. Because they didn't call it Beast Wars, you know? like Right. It's not Beast Wars because there's no Predacons in it. Just call it, uh, you know, Beast Machines. and Because uh, anything with Rise of, 
sucks. Rise of Cobra sucks. The only exception I can think of is the Rise of Grow. <laughs> that's, that's the only exception. Uh, you know, uh, Rise of Skywalker sucks. Right. They should have gone with our name, Beast Town USA. I mean, that's that's really you know, that's going to be the theme song I I've heard through the grapevine. They should have called it uh, Transformers Franchise Installment 2023. Right. Written by Chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, the trailer text oh, was. Shit, I I want to while we talk, I'm going to go see what Chat GPT, if it isn't overloaded, will uh. What what it it says. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was literally thinking about Chat GTP a second ago when you were talking about the plot from the earlier Bayverse movies. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Chat GTP could have written a better plot than what we got. Is that a is that an AI? Yeah. 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 There you go. Um, that uh, Family Guy AI is amazing. I don't know that one. So yeah, that's so, the world I live in now. You know, not excited for the story, just excited to see the designs. Hopefully, there's a cool opening sequence that, like that that whole Bumblebee movie, that opening sequence. Just give me that. Just give me that. Make make it 45 minutes long. There you go. Perfect. No plot, no humans. It's just a bunch of Transformers fighting blown up shit on Cybertron. That's it. That's all I need in my life. I think one of the cool things when you look back at the Bumblebee movie and especially in terms of toys, we got a good amount of toys from that, you know, Cybertronian sequence and toys that I've personally been excited about. And, you know, what the reason I bring this up and, and how it ties into our topic is that like basically what those sequences gave us were the movie toys that weren't really movie toys, if, if you catch my drift. So, like, we got the Hunt for Decepticons wave of toys in between movies. So here, here were characters that weren't in the movies, but given that Bayverse design. Again, Mind Wipe, uh, the, the, the Sea Spray, uh, you know, name a bunch of other ones there. And so... We didn't get that. We got that a couple figures for that for for Age of Extinction, basically just rounding out the Dinobots, and then I don't think we got that at all for if I'm wrong, correct me, but I don't think we got any like new characters like in Bayverse designs right in the toy line for um, the the last night. Like, did did we get any non movie characters that came out in the last night that were like kind of new molds or new designs? No. So, but the first several movies, we got a, a pretty good chunk of those. We got a pretty good chunk of characters. Like, the, the is, he, is he Reveal the Shield or Age of Extinction Brawn that's really freaking cool uh, that came out that, that had, like, the cool head design, and all of a sudden he's got, like, pistols, and he's thin and skinny. Um, you know, but... You know, that was what Dark we got, of the Moon, bro. That well, was Dark of the Moon, okay. So, yeah, I mean, we got... That Cybertronian scene gave us essentially those waves of figures from the Bumblebee movie. Yeah. And again, I, I, 
Oh, I was going to say, I think part of it too was, is that the movie figures like weren't selling the same way that they were, you know, previously. So yeah. I'm sure that's probably part of it. Well, toys in general, but yeah. Uh, again, how many times can you sell the same yellow Camaro to a kid or to a collector? Right. At so, least 286 by my count and, so. and counting. 347 is my limit. Unfortunately, oh, I can't remember. I, are you a are you a Bumblebee character collector as well? Maybe. Un- unfortunately, I troop build Bumblebee, so it's been a nightmare. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> for what it's worth, uh, ask Chat GPT for a uh, a movie, a Transformers movie script, and it it made way too much sense. I said, you know, said it in Beast Wars, <laughs> and it had to Maximals and the Predacons are fighting, and then a. A new faction called the Vehicons, led by the Fallen, arises. Uh, but he has a personal vendetta with Optimus Prime, and you know, and they're fighting over uh, the Cybertron Matrix, which is the key to the uh, to, to peace. So I said, uh, "Give me that story again, but add more random nonsense." And uh, I'll, I'll just read the last paragraph. I'll, I'll save everything else. It says, "In the end, the Maximals and Predacons were able to defeat the Vehicons and the Fallen, the giant robot chicken." the giant robot unicorn, and all the giant space pickles. And peace was restored to Cybertron once again. But now they have to deal with giant robot giraffes that appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> now now we're getting there. Yeah. And, and for what's worth, all those things are, where they come from is in the rest of the script. You know, if just jump into the end here, you know, they, yeah. they had to get the Energon, which was stuck in a giant watermelon. So. <laughs> right. Yes. And Michael it was Bain's seedless watermelon. Like, but Transformer scripts. He's like, damn it, I'm out of a job. Please, Rob. I think make sure you save that text, and we can just like make a, a YouTube short that is just like that getting read by a Mac or something. <laughs> Holy shit, that would be great. Supplemental content here. I'll be so we toyed around with Beast Wars uh, way back for part four. Uh, and we did concept art, and a lot of that concept art has leaked online. So the original story for part four was um, uh, the Nest guys, uh, Tyrese, and uh, other, you know, generic human. Uh, they travel with Bumblebee, Optimus, and New Crew back in time to Earth. And they come across the AllSpark before Hoover Dam's built. And it's this big, giant thing sticking out of the ground. And the Dinobots are there, and they were the guardians of the AllSpark. So wherever the AllSpark went, the Dinobots could trace it, and they could follow it. And then what they ended up doing is they scanned the area around the AllSpark, and they found all these fossilized scans. And so that's how they became dinosaurs. And then Optimus was going to turn into a gorilla. And Megatron was going to turn into a dragon. And that was that was the very first story for part four. And then, yeah, uh, yeah and then the, the Cheetor and the Optimus Primal art leaked out. But what if instead... At the end of a movie, Optimus Prime finds the Dinobots and tells them he's going to kill them all if, he did, if they don't join him. What about that instead? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Dope. Join me or die. Yeah. It's pretty close. Classic Optimus. We need to make sure the Dinobots are in China. Right. Right. The only the only thing that would have made that better if he said, "Give me your face." Faces of darkness. Right, and that's and he takes the faces, and that's how the Quintessons are born. There we go, bringing it home, boys. That's right, full circle. So, so my question is: is you know, if we're thinking about movie designs that we're wanting, is it the the pre Bayverse? stuff you know or or is it the you know kind of new designs where it's g1ified but you know updated kind of thing because i feel like that's kind of the monkey's paw type of deal where it's like all right give me your favorite <laughs> character and then like oh gosh what did what did they do to uh you know whatever my character boy that i wanted my yeah, beautiful my boy. boy they right, massacred right. my beautiful boy well i mean you can't even say Bumble, Bumblebee style because, I mean, it's basically it's basically G1. I mean, look at Cliffjumper in that movie. Look at Soundwave, Shockwave. It's basically G1, right? Uh, I think you have to go back to Bay. You go back to the Bayverse. Um, Springer, there was a lot of uh, art for Springer for part two. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it ended up being like, we can't have this. What is it? The uh, the Hilo? The, uh, Osprey. The, human, the Osprey. Yeah. That turned into a car. Like, eventually, it's like, yeah, we can't have that turn into a car. Why There's not? There's no way. Because the car would be, you know, bigger than Optimus Prime. So I don't see why that matters in the slightest, especially... In the context of these movies, Uber. right? Exactly. So that's logic all of a sudden matters for that. Shut up. Yeah, that's why Springer got cut. They made a big deal about mass shifting in the first movie and like traveling across space, you know, in a ship versus like being an asteroid. I, I just remember being on the Don Murphy forums back then and like they just spent so much time arguing about that. And then at some point in the film, there's like we don't give a shit. What if they just make them turn into cubes that shift into the other alternate mode? Right. Yeah, there you go. I mean, Drift turned uh, into a car and a helicopter, so there you go. Exactly. Yeah. As did the triple changers. Right. No, no, none of us saw it coming at Hasbro. We're like, what is this? What's happening? Why does he do that? I remember Takara just, just saying, please don't make him sound like a stereotypical Japanese <laughs> character. That was their one request. That was the one request from Takara. How'd that go? And and we said, I, rem- I remember exactly where I was when I heard the answer. He absolutely will talk like a typical Japanese character because it's Michael Bay. And sure enough, Ken Watanabe. It would have been nice if like all of his expressions had like drawn on the over-exaggerated anime <laughs> facial expressions for everything big eyes he did. and big yeah. drop of sweat and that's yeah. right <sighs> right you know he's got a little collection of cute little girls on his dashboard he could have been bringing kiss players to the movie franchise that's what we need yep yep I get bumped on the head and gets the giant like anime cartoon like swelling thing going on there. 
right. You know, he pulls out a giant mallet from behind his back at one point. <laughs> it's like it, it, it's like Peter Porker from you know Spider Ham from Into the Spider Verse, but like taken seriously. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, I mean, for all all the great things that these movies have done. They're just not great movies. But they have done a lot of great things for the brand. Uh, it boosted it back into like the mainstream big time. Yeah. I know I every got... one of us, all of a sudden you went to work. Well, if you were working at Hasbro, I guess it's not really that different. But everyone <laughs> at work is like, hey, did you see Transformers? Choo, 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 choo. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go. And they're like, isn't that so cool? It made a car. I'm like, yeah. Cool. Yep. Yeah, the, the entire world got Transformers fever for a few months. And uh, that first movie was, you know, exciting to see. And I think it's still, you know, probably the best. You know, that and Bumblebee are probably the best two movies. So all the ones I worked on are shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I see a lot of people, like general Transformer fans, like really like Dark of the Moon. There's a lot like that. Often is like that's the best one, the one that doesn't even have a real title. <laughs> that's right. Dark of the moon. Dark. Of, what does it even mean? <laughs> Written We're by no one. We're not even on no the moon one. for that long. It should have just been called Transport to Oblivion. That would have been awesome. That's. I mean, that's a great, such a great title. Transport to Oblivion. Or, or, you know, something, you know, movie edit would be like uh, Revenge of Cybertron. Or, oh, Rise of Cybertron. That would have been it. Rise of Cybertron. It kind of would have fit, too. Yeah. Yeah, Rise of Cybertron. So, I will say one one set of characters I do think would be neat is to see uh, Headmasters in the movie, like, movified. And, you know, wasn't Cogman the toy a headmaster? I get it, yeah. Yes. Yeah, the toy like, I don't was, know that it was in the movie the or not. Yeah, not in the film, but in the toy. In the film, they, he didn't transform. They called him a head... He, he said, I'm the headmaster. Like, oh, I it, it was Because he's like a butler. Like, main yeah, butler. yeah. The, the head... Yeah. Because who is the... I'm the headmaster of the school, you know. Well, and if you remember, what Nitro Zeus was a headmaster? Yeah. yeah. I think there was a... Like... You know, a pre a pre viz thought where like he was supposed to behead Nitro Zeus and like take him over, kind of like and because I know some there's some of the fan sites got to go to, you know to like early early stuff and that's some of the stuff I heard from some of the people that were there. But then they and the dragon was originally supposed to be Megatron too, but they're like yeah, change all that. You know things change, but then you. But then, like Rick has said, you know, he's told us kind of some of the, the original ideas, like lockdown. That thing you were saying about lockdown, that kind of makes sense. They sort of like took that and made that ship. And there's all those other like weird dudes that are hanging around on that ship. Maybe like, that's what that concept morphed into. Like, he's a, yeah, he's still a bounty hunter, right? In, in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. No there's, clue where the ship came from. Uh. No clue where Dare, Day Trader came from. Still waiting on a toy for him. Um, 
Yeah, I even got to speak to Lance Henriksen, and he was down. He's like, oh, I, I absolutely want to do it. I want to do the film. Uh, I think he would have been a great choice. I think they, they should have had him. So we put the bug in the in Bay's ear. Like, Lance Henriksen, Lance Henriksen, Lance Henriksen. I they doubt biffed. the dude ever got a call. They biffed that real hard. But, I mean, it was a totally different lockdown, you know? It's like, it wasn't animated lockdown, other than the knife on his hand, you know? Was, was I think we can say that about most characters. Famous? What was that? Was lockdown voiced by anyone famous? Lance Hendrickson. No, no. In oh, the, oh in, the movie. in the film, the guy who does uh, Bumblebee. He did oh. Bumblebee, Jetfire. Uh, okay. He does, he's in all the movies. Is that a joke? He did Bumblebee. Does Bumblebee ever talk in any of these? Other than like the very end or something? Yeah, but he's he's also the guy that's on set doing all the different voices so mm-hmm. the actors can play off of. He's like a trained voice actor guy. It's like David Slava Slava or something. No, totally it's not charged. David Slava It's not him? Oh. No. Um, it's some other guy who I don't know has any other credits. He's just a Michael Bay boy. That is one of those things. If you become one of Michael Bay's boys, you can be a real crappy actor and still get a lot of parts. Well, I did. I did think he he did justice to that version of Lockdown in that film. Like, I think it's it's not the one we would have liked, you know. But I think he did a good job. No, he didn't do a poor job. It was just I don't know. I I don't mean to necessarily be negative, but relatively generic yeah lockdown doesn't really you know stick out very much um, except for when he has the, the giant gun sticking out of his head the the one thing that i remember the most about part four was uh i'm sitting in the theater and the autobots they're they're raiding lockdown ship and i'm thinking man this was an all right movie okay this is great and i thought oh shit Dinobots haven't shown up yet. We got another hour of this. <laughs> sure enough, there's another hour of the movie. The movie should have ended there, where they where they raid the ship, and that should have been the big climactic battle. I feel like for you to even have that thought at that point in the movie, you must have been really drunk, like insanely drunk. No, no, it wasn't a Tuesday or anything. It was just, uh, you know, I'm just like, all right, all right, this movie did what it had to do, okay. And now it's ending, and I'm like, oh, shit, Dinobots. Oh, oh, they haven't even introduced them yet. Oh. They were so tacked on for something that iconic. Honestly, it's kind of how I felt about Devastator. Not that Devastator was tacked on to part two, but it was, I thought the combination himself, you know, and all that was just really, hey, what if he just fights a pyramid for, like, ten minutes or something? Cool. <laughs> it, it, you know, like, it was... Yeah. Like I've always felt he should have been the plot of that movie is him going there and wrecking shit and the Autobots trying to figure out how to like defeat him and or whatnot. But now nah, he's just a side story. He's the B plot. <laughs> he's like the C plot. Yeah. I and then the parents Donobots were the, were the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Donobots were, were the same, a, just flushed. They were just an absolute afterthought and then even more so in, in part five. Remember the baby Dinobots? <laughs> where, where do they come from? 
when a mommy Dinobot and a daddy Dinobot really love each other. Or when they get drunk really, you know, <laughs> rough at a bar one night. Oh, God. There's so many, like, questionable things. Like, wouldn't Megatron's feeding little babies in Dark of the Moon? Like, where, where do those things come from? You know, like... And uh, I'm here now. Right. Like, did they really explain the Fallen that, that well? Like, And that was during the writer's strike is their excuse, okay. but... That doesn't work for the next, like, 800 movies that came and, after. So. And, like, the, here's my thing. Like, it's called Transformers. You should have the Fallen transform. Right? He should turn into something. He turned into a robot without a face. <laughs> right? It's like, Hasbro's just like, I don't know what to do. What do we make him? I don't know. Let's just have him sit down. <laughs> to... If I wanted to defend that decision, which I, I really don't, but and even going back to G one at the beginning, we got there's like a lot of toys that do that. That that's been a staple for a while. It's like, eh, what if you use your imagination and it just kind of like the legs fold up and, and you yeah, lay it but down? It still looks like a plane or a car. Like this one just looks like he fell down. <laughs> like what just happened? What just happened? Fall down. And have you seen Grandis? He's, he's a space plane. <laughs> Have you seen Grandis? Literally. Or Metroplex, really. <laughs> yeah, but there's a difference between there's a difference between like an eighties toy that like, all right, we're gonna kinda fake it because whatever, we don't have the engineering, and a toy that came out twenty five years later where, you know, even the designs of, of what you know he's supposed to look like just look like shit. It's like they so, like, made a good toy of a piece of shit because i mean what, what do you do like you just have a piece of shit so how do you how do you not make a piece of shit look like a piece of shit we were all pissed off when we were watching the movie it was like the seven seven is it that hard to just say 13 like why isn't it 13 should be 13 don't have the cgi budget seven <laughs> Because there were seven Horcruxes. That's... And that was a popular movie. I don't think they were even at that point yet in the Harry Potter movies, were they? I think they were in this book. The the last book had come out. Uh, Yeah. Man. The general vibe I'm getting is that, like, the topic we've put forth almost nothing towards it, which gets to what my original, like, sarcastic response to the topic was is that we're saying hey what characters would you like to add to the movie franchise in the movie style and in math if you're adding something you know you're combining two numbers you can combine a negative number in there and it's still technically adding it so by that what characters would I want to add in a negative fashion and the answer is all of them but you know if I had to start with one at a time I probably would start with Optimus Prime because there's just that's the biggest offense is how much stuff he does throughout the movies. That is just like, that's not Optimus Prime. He's supposed to be pretty much like, he's not perfect, but he is still a goody two shoes. Right. You know, oh, yeah. he's kind of, kind of got that Superman problem a bit. So, you know, so, like, he's not going to say, give me your face, join me or die. He's not going to execute Megatron. Like he's not going to do that shit or any other dumb crap that he does. So, so we started were with bone cr- the bone crusher fight. That's where it right? started. 
Because mm-hmm. it looks cool. Right. So it we're was, at the premiere for uh, Dark of the Moon and all the Hasbro guys were sitting in the front because we got all the really shitty seats. So we're sitting like in the front to the side of the premiere. And then Optimus is a line, we must kill them all. And you hear a collective groan go, oh, from like the whole side of that theater. Just everyone's like, oh. And then everyone gets up and we're all like, man, there should have been like a line in there. Like, you're too dangerous to be left alive, Sentinel. Instead of just, you know, execution style. Blasting his head off. Well, and that was a secret, too, wasn't it? Because, like, the comic doesn't end that way. He pardons him or some shit. And then, like, it was a, a late change or something that he had. He no, no, comics and novelizations are always changed. Oh, on purpose? Just yeah. so? Yeah. Got it. Yeah, they're always changed. Well, I'm you want to you, you read something crazy? Read the novelization to Back to the Future 3. All right. Yeah. Um. I always thought it was, uh, or I don't know which movie it was about, but there's an interview with Peter Cullen. Like, I mean, he's at a convention doing Q&A or whatever. You know, and he talks about, he's like, you know, there was one line they made me do, and he's like, I really didn't want to do it because it's so out of character. And I don't, it was, I don't remember if it was after movie, I believe it was, it was like after movie two or three, maybe it was four. You know, it wasn't after one, I don't think. Oh, I mean, technically after one, but you get what I mean. I think it was in reference to something in either two or three, maybe four. Um. I don't know what that line was, but he was like, he was just very sad. He's like, I really didn't want to say it. But, you know, he's getting paid, so he says what they, you know, tell him to say, because it's a good paycheck. I get it. I've sold out for, for less, so. I think that's a big difference between that era and today, where you have so much concern over protecting the IP. You know, you, you look at guys like Kevin Feige and what they've done with Marvel, and what they've done with something that's close to the original intellectual property. And, you know, it's been well-received now, obviously you had examples like that with Spider-Man with the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies that stayed pretty darn close to the IP and people loved it. Um, But I I don't know. You you still, you you hadn't had that, that, that moment yet where people just realize, wait, this stuff that's been popular for decades is popular for a reason why don't why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? Do you remember Phil, you might be too young for this. Do you remember when Sam Raimi Spider-Man came out and Peter Parker shot the web from his wrist? Yes. Instead like that that was a huge uproar amongst Oh yeah. Uh, you know, a certain community of people. That yes. was a huge uproar. And you know what? Then they saw the movie and they're like, "Okay, all right, yeah. for, the, for that movie, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. We, well, fine. But they made a yeah. point of him doing it in The Amazing Spider-Man and well, building think, the web shooters. Yeah, it, it, but I think that was, like, I, I know where they were coming from with that when they did that. And I remember them explaining that, which was this idea that, it, it was this idea that, that, that how would a teenager invent these web shooters and this web fluid that's just, like, this, he would be a multi-millionaire several times over if he invented that substance um, and, and, and whatnot. So it was them trying to rationalize and give him a story of saying, all right, this is where his webs are going to come organically. So we don't have to say like this teenager invented this thing that would be like mind blowing in terms of the, 
I, I absolutely bust a blood vessel when people try to like argue realism and logistics into a goddamn comic book movie. I mean, it, it works that way because it works that way. Like if if a if there can be a radioactive spider that gives you superpowers, for one, that would happen a lot more then. These things don't happen in one-offs, but it's fantasy and it's fun that way. So like, sure, he can also be really smart and go, what is it, cr- figure out how to like modify some crazy string cans and go to town. I don't care. That being said, I always thought it was great that they naturally came out of him, out of his wrist. I, I always really liked that change. But. And and then twenty five years later, the joke paid off. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, mean, I just no that that was Rob. That was how movie studios kind of looked at things back in that time frame, which was you know we can't have this thing exist because that's the way it just exists. There had to be some sort of grounding reels. Remember the X Men. Um, costumes all looked the way they did with that, like that that leather like almost flight suit looking thing because of the fact that they're like oh we can't we can't have Hugh Jackman running around in yellow spandex that would look ridiculous they and even make so, a joke about that yeah yeah x1 or x2 i can't remember which yeah, it, yeah. and and 25 years later here we are deadpool 3 and Hugh Jackman's going to be running around in yellow spandex yeah really? yeah they showed, the, they showed the mask nice i will say like uh Daredevil's been making an appearance in some of the latest Marvel shows, and he has this classic costume on, and I think it looks terrible. I think it looks so dumb. I much yeah. prefer what he had in the Netflix series. His uh, variations there, but well, well Phase Four is all about putting the guys in their classic costumes. So, uh, two that costume was was Rob. That costume was fairly short lived in the comics. That was not a well received costume, even in the comic books. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't care. But yeah, yeah it was no, just it, like, oh, that's ugly. Daredevil, Whatever. Daredevil has for for like sixty years been been all red with the D's on his chest. Um, that red and brown costume, or I'm sorry, yellow and brown costume, uh, or yellow and red, whatever you want to say, yeah. was uh, short lived. Well, I know that one. That's I've seen that at Walgreens for many <laughs> years. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming back too. Now with a pink hat. No, so we've really strayed off the topic. Can we get it back to Transformers? I know, I know, I didn't help that for what it's worth. But yeah, it just dawned on me. No, I mean, I'm going back to I think it was Lucas that, that you said, like, you know, monkey's paw. Like, which characters do you want to see with the Baver styling? And you know, I, I think there were characters that, you know, Jazz and Optimus Prime were two characters that sort of looked like updated versions of what we kind of knew them to be. And then you have Ironhide and Starscream, especially, that looked nothing like what we knew. At least Starscream like. was a plane. Yeah. Because yeah. Megatron's just uh, a He mess. lays down. The other thing that we haven't really seen in the movie, too, really, is uh, like Titan size figures as well like a metroplex or or something like that right like i mean what if, what if you did have like a just a complete massive you know or even even a, an actual unicron i mean they teased it but or well, you know, that was uh is, is trypticon rising up out of the sea 
right? So like Godzilla kind of kind of deals, you know. What they would yeah. do is it would find out like, oh, it turns out Chicago has been this transformer city since the beginning of time. It turns out, you know, that once again, why I didn't wake up during all the other things? We're not going to talk about it because he's awake now because of the dire threat of MacGuffin 2.0 or something. That, that that's what it would be. And all, and all the people in Chicago would die when it went to transform. Right. It would be a, a lot they of blood fall, dripping They off. fall out of the windows or they get crushed in the gears. And, yeah. There's got to be a move, like a real previs Unicron design since he was part of um, last night. The only thing that we did for Unicron was um, uh, the planet with the horns. It was just recycled art. We never did a robot mode. I don't think you'd ever have a robot mode for Unicron in the movies. Not in the Bayverse. I mean, I think ultimately for me, like, I would rather they just make all new characters for everything because for the most part up until now, they have been 99%. They might as well just, it's just literally reusing a name. You're, you're so, saying that Skids wasn't the G1 Skids from the three episodes that he showed up in? I don't remember him being a racist stereotype for both of those frames, no. Or being green. Yeah. <laughs> I can never remember which one's the green one. You, you, know, you mentioned movie Starscream and how awful it looks. Part of the reason he looks, he's the Dorito, is because of that <clears throat> mass-shifting, like like rule they kind of put in place. They thought it was so important to the fandom or to the logic of Transformers. So he was he had the chicken legs because he he was a jet and he was so big. If you see that photo of all the vehicles, you know, like laid out and this the, the F-22 is behind him, it's he's like three times as big as Optimus Prime. So the way to get him to not be a towering giant mofo was to give him the chicken legs and like spread him out from a mass perspective and that's that was their solution so that's why he sucks so bad is because of you know that's why he should have just been named like jet strike or something you know? so a few of us got invited to go see um like we saw like a half hour of the first movie a few months before it came out and this was a precedent in new york and bay was there and uh, they showed the scene where Optimus is talking to uh, Sam outside of his bedroom window. And Optimus's face looked completely different than it does in the film. So Optimus had four lips. He had lips that closed like this. And this. Your video's been gone the entire show, so we don't oh, know yeah. what shapes you're making. Okay. <clears throat> Was it so, like this? Like a diamond? N not quite like a diamond. He had lips on top and the bottom, but on the left and right side of his face. Oh. Yes, yeah. So he had lit. He had you know two sets of lips that were moving at the same time. <laughs> that way he can kiss you perpendicularly as it, well. It just looked awful. It looked absolutely terrible. So I'm very glad that they fixed it for the. Uh, uh, for the final thing. Um, the way it got fixed was um, one of the Japanese animators he saw that 
and he stood up in front of Bay and everybody there at the meeting, and he said, this is a great dishonor to Optimus Prime. This is a true story. He said, this is a great dishonor to Optimus Prime. I will animate this. And he, he animated Optimus Prime from that point on the face. I, I think so. Michael Bay re, like cor- corroborates that story in the extra features of uh, the first movie. Well, Bay's the one who told me that story. So. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, maybe so it's true, like, maybe well, it's if not. You, if you feel that strongly about it, okay, you can animate it. I'm surprised he wasn't just fired on the spot. How dare you stand in my presence? I am Michael Bay. Yeah, Yeah, I will say this. Michael Bay, the couple times I met him, he was always super cool to me and just very nice. He was a D-bag when he showed up to the uh, BotCon Transformers Hall of Fame thing. Like, he was on stage for, like, two minutes. Yeah, and he he just came off as a real D-bag. Yeah, I didn't like that he said the thing was made out of plastic. Yeah, I just remember being real dismissive. For what it's worth, I... I'm dismissive of that event as well, but I'm also not the one on stage. You know, I, I would be polite, you know? Yeah. I don't think um, he, I don't think he, he came off bad. I, I was there too. And yeah, it was fu- like, I think he kind of put his foot in his mouth. I don't think he meant to be an asshole, but you know, he didn't well, when care that's about one it. interaction with the guy in real life. That's it, it. First impressions are hard to shake. Yeah. You know, m- maybe he's cool. IRL. Well, he has that reputation of being a, a giant oh, asshole like me. Okay. But then when you meet him, uh, he's not so much of an asshole, kind of like me. Um, but I, I will say he was incredibly nice to me every time I've, I've spoken to him. Uh, so, yeah, well, and you, you, you met him in a professional sense, too. So I think he <clears throat> you know, probably had an air of respect. The first time I met him, I didn't work for Hasbro. The first time I met him, I was just, uh, I was uh, consulting. So I wasn't officially part of the Hasbro crew. I was just consulting. You were still a professional, speaking to a professional. And they got me in to uh, backstage to meet him. And he's like, uh, hey, you know, we were just talking for about 10 minutes and yeah, I had a poster I bought for you to sign, and I, I couldn't get it past security. He's like, really? Yeah, they wouldn't let me bring my poster in. Like, that's ridiculous. So he goes over, there's a six-foot-tall giant poster, takes it off the wall, signs it, rolls it up. He's like, this is for you. You take that. Oh, that's that is nice. nice. <clears throat> Coming back to, to what you guys were saying about don't name Starscream Starscream if you're going to make him look so different. I do think one of the characters I have the most affinity for from the first several movies is Blackout. And and because I don't have any preconceived notions of what his design should look like. Barricade. You know? yeah. Barricade, not as much, but but Blackout, Blackout I think is really cool. Blackout was one of the, the few toys I got from the original movie because I, I did enjoy that design so much. And, and I have a lot less animosity towards those characters because, yeah, there was no preconceived notion of you're doing it wrong. So, yeah. and, and I'm not really that guy. I'm okay with change. You can mix stuff up. That's fine. But when it's just, it just seemed nonsensical or antithetical to what it should have been in, unless we were doing a Shattered Glass movie, right? Um, yeah. But even so, some of the characters that didn't have much backstory to them, like Bone Crusher, I think the Bone Crusher design is, is lame. Um, you know, but yeah, Blackout, 
Blackout especially, like him and Grimlock and Shockwave, I think are my favorites of the uh, Babers designs. So my favorite character. Is back. Oh, so my oh, favorite yeah. character. In, hey, my favorite character in the in the films. Wheelie. It's it's Wheelie. It's just I. It's Wheelie. It's Wheelie. It has nothing to do with the G1 Wheelie whatsoever. It's just a reappropriation of the name. It's just. I mean, I don't know. When, didn't Wheelie like hump someone's leg or something? He did. I, mean, I didn't like that. That is classic G1 Wheelie. I mean, <laughs> yeah, come on. Yes. Uh, but, um, yeah, I just always thought Wheelie was, was funny as hell. Wasn't Wheelie voiced by Justin Roiland? Um, no. Oh. I assume with the assault, that was... No. That, that's but let's skip that combo, please. No. Oh, come on. No, no, no. All right. So, well, let me throw this out. Let me throw this out, yeah. Could you imagine Cosmos in the Bayverse? What what the hell that would have been? He would have turned into like a boat or something. No, he would have been a Russian cosmonaut. So he would have been like the dude in... He would have been voiced by the dude from Armageddon. That's yeah. right. Yes. That's absolutely true. You nailed it. You nailed it. He'd be yeah. Russian. He'd turn into That's Sputnik. right. He'd be Sputnik. He'd yeah. be Sputnik, and he would have been in the museum, too. I actually wouldn't yeah. mind that, to be honest with you. That's right. Yeah. In in the uh, Russian cut of uh, Revenge of the Fallen, they, they don't go to the Smithsonian. They go to the Kremlin, and uh, Cosmos is there instead of uh, Jetfire. Oh, they filmed that whole scene. That's Yeah, cool. yeah. And Vladimir Putin single-handedly destroys Megatron in that, in that cut. <laughs> With his shirt Shirt-off. off. Shirtless. Yes. <laughs> All riding a horse. And at the end, he pulls off Megatron's mask, and it was America. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. And uh, Wheelie is uh, Kim Jong-un. Is that it? <sighs> it's kind of crazy. They, they never went to Japan. In the Transformers films, did they? Not a big enough market. Well, after they did Drift, no. It's funny that you say that. They never went to Japan. Went to China, which is a huge market for Transformers. They went to Cambodia too, didn't they? Like reshoot some stuff and do like Anchor Wat in Revenge of the Fallen or something, or maybe Dark of the Moon, doing the space bridge stuff. It's just like a scene. It's just like they just did the location and put some CG on it. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, we never got to see Transformers in Tokyo. Then again, none of it would have been filmed in Tokyo. It would have all been CGI. It would have been filmed in Vancouver. It would have been reused footage from prior Bay movies. That's right. <laughs> It's actually reused footage from Transformers 1, just flipped so that the cars are going a different direction. They put a sepia filter on it. <laughs> right, right, right. Here in Japan, they live in black and white. I don't know. It's probably best that Transformers didn't go to Japan because that. Stereotypes I can see how that would have ended up poorly. 
There would have been a a panty vending machine that transforms into a robot. Right. Probably the hero. Thong master. <laughs> they don't have thongs in Japan. I'll take your word for it. So why don't why don't we call it a night, gentlemen? Alright. Yeah, it's a phenomenal note to end up on. Yeah, there, there you go. Um You're welcome. Well, guys, thank you for uh, joining me tonight, and uh, thanks to everyone in the chat. Do want to mention book club this week is going to be Lost Lights twenty one and twenty two. So looks like they're actually getting pretty close to the end of the Lost Light there. So that's uh, nine thirty Eastern, eight thirty Central on the TF Talk Discord on Sunday night. So book club will be coming to an end soon. No, no, no then they'll move still into more the, comics. They still the, have, like, phase three of those, like, all those, like, trash comics, so. Ah! I can't wait till Anna tricks other people into reading that series, oh. and then they finally realize how bad it is. Other than, like, maybe Catherine likes it? Yeah, I Catherine thought, likes it, too. Yeah. I, I feel like but that's they, it. W- they went through some pretty rough comics already. Um, you know, some of the, like, the ROM stuff and, and whatever that, uh... Oh. But nobody was championing that and saying how good they actually were. I I like that stuff. You're a liar. Okay, sure. You're not an unbiased uh, opinion. Though. Yeah, you're a Unit E lover. Oh, Unity. So. It was it was the Hasbro Avengers that never were. Oh, Zaldron says they're gonna do the manga next. So there you go. Do the Kiss players? I'll uh, I'll show up for that. I th- I they did they the audio did of the Kiss players. I'm pretty sure they are they did doing the Kiss. Well, and I got, I lied. I'm not sure. <laughs> are they doing this manga or are they doing something else? Like I you say, the manga. There's a lot of it. You got to be specific. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I believe Zaldron was being facetious. Anyway, hey, that seems totally in line. I, I can't tell that that's a joke. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So, anyway, well, thank you guys. Appreciate you uh, joining us, and we will see everyone next week. Bye, everybody. This has been Transformers for your listening pleasure, a presentation of TFTalk.net. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please rate us on your favorite podcast outlet, and share us with your friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFYLP. Email us at podcast at TFYLP.com. This is Paul Lighting, and on behalf of TFYLP, we'd like to thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time for another TFYLP. ha <laughs> ha!